0: Welcome to the Our Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. So I've been asked to talk about my work, my work life, because God's been involved in it, even though sometimes I didn't really know. Um, so I became a Christian when I was 17, uh, halfway through my A-levels and i did a level maths and a level statistics and in 1983 trying to work out how old i am now um, my mum and dad said well you're good at maths so it's either banking or accountancy what do you want to do i <laughs> don't really know i just want to stay in my room and play my heavy rock music and you know don't really know what I want to do, but I suppose if I'm good at maths I'll work in a bank. So I applied, uh, only to two or three banks. Got a letter back straight away from NetWest saying we'll interview you. Had an interview. And you know, I'd done all my A-levels and stuff and my 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 uh, exams had finished on the 15th of June and I thought I'm gonna have a summer holiday. Wow, I'm gonna I haven't got anything to do. It's going to be great. NatWest wanted me to start on the 15th of July. (laughs) So I had four weeks. So I started on the 15th of July uh, for NatWest Bank. And uh, I liked it because I'm part of a huge corporation. I can see that I can start as a junior. I can be head machine operator. I can then go on the counter. I can then learn foreign exchange. I can then do safe custody and security. I can then do loans and mortgages. And then I can be a bank manager and then I can retire. So I thought that was it. Big company, I, can go. I went to four different branches. I was there 13 years uh, and I was, I was quite good. I was always the best salesperson in each branch. I like talking to people. I like listening to what they want. And then instead of trying to sell them what the bank wants me to sell, sell them the right product. And uh, I did pretty well. You know, uh, I enjoyed it. I loved being part of a team. I loved being part of a huge um, corporation. I got married in 1989, um, got my first mortgage, got my first house, and then um, a colleague from church what you don't know just recap kingsway had a church plant in heel green where i live and there was six leaders in that church and me and janet were two of those six leaders okay but we came under the kingsway banner yeah so we've really been part of kingsway a long time so um a couple at heel green church approached me and said, we think you're really good at sales. Why don't you come and work for us? Okay, well, what do you do? Like, we're headhunters. Okay. said, so, oh, you're good at sales. You can talk to people. You know, do headhunting. We'll teach you and stuff like that. So you think, oh, well, church people, go and pray and, you know, we'll think, is this the right thing? And at that time, the bank had started to centralise everything. So... A lot of the branches, they were cutting the staff down. They were centralising all the organisation, all the paperwork and everything into big offices. And I just felt we weren't providing the service that we should do. Um, And I'd been the first personal banking officer in the whole of the Northwest, and they'd created the job for me to go out into people's homes and do mortgages and things like that. And I was on a decent... I I was on, at that time, about fourteen and a half thousand pounds uh, after 13 years and it's not in old money I'm not that old but it was a re- it was a reasonable salary so the headhunters came along and said right we'll start you on 19,000 right okay <laughs> uh, and we'll train you and we'll do this and you can earn commission blah 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 so, right, okay. so I went back to the bank and the bank said right okay well, we, we can't afford 19,000 but we're prepared to put 2,000 on it if you'll stay and I was like Wow, <laughs> Unheard of. <laughs> Usually, they' just like to get rid of stuff. I thought, no, no, it was, it was about time to challenge myself. It was um, 1995, something like that, just before Heather started to arrive on the scene. And I thought, well, if I can get more money coming in, then a bit more security and stuff. So I went across. And had the hardest three months of my entire life. I couldn't get it. I couldn't understand what they wanted me to do. I'm all about service. They just wanted me to grab names and talk to people, get them out of one company and put them in another. They'd used to give me the phone book to ring up companies uh, just so that they'd say no to me. Because if you get to the switchboard, they know, you know. So I got a lot of. Negative, negative, and I go home in tears. You know, this is a how old was I then? 30 odd year old man going home in tears to his wife, So I just can't do this. I just don't understand it. I just can't understand it. And so, you, you know, you, you pray, don't you? And you, you sort of like think, How are we going to do this? Uh, and um, I did one call to uh, Siemens, massive German company, um, and um, I wanted to specialise in telecoms because the whole of the other company was doing IT recruitment and I thought if I did telecoms and was the only person doing telecoms then I could get any telecoms inquiries. (laughs) Rang Siemens, spoke to Sally Ann who took my call, head of HR, actually yeah we're looking for, can you come and see me, yeah of course I can, (laughs) in the car, zoom along. And uh, she became a client for three years and um, did a lot of recruitment for her. And um, I got into a company called Slumberger Semmer, massive European company who specialized in contactless cards when they were first coming out. Uh, and um, I actually recruited their head of Europe. It was the biggest fee the company had ever invoiced because the guy started on £255,000 basic salary in 1995. And his second interview was smoking cigars on a balcony overlooking Lake Geneva. Did you talk about the job? No? We just smoked cigars. Right, OK. But it gave us a great f- fee, and if he ever come to my house, it paid for our bathroom and tiling and... <laughs> that's what it did but it allowed us because i was earning a reasonable amount of money it allowed us to get a reasonable mortgage to get the house that we now live in today so there was a lot of pain but i can see now looking back that it, if i hadn't had gone through those 3 months of pain and not really knowing or seeing where i was going i wouldn't be in the position i am today because it also builds you a bit of resilience um, and it builds you a bit of understanding of how to get to know people and relate and communicate. Um, so the other thing it opened my eyes to was that I, all I saw initially was the bank. That was it. And I could see my career and then when I looked at headhunting and I looked at telecoms They're the people that build the phones. They're the people that put the networks in for the phones. They're the people that develop the software to make you talk on the phones. They're the people that develop the software to do the text. And then the internet. And then broadband comes along. And Marconi put all their big cables across the Atlantic and over to Europe, constantly dropping more cables because more and more people wanted more and more bandwidth. They wanted to communicate this way. Uh, and so I could see that if I just said I'd deal in telecoms, but uh, there are so many avenues. So there's the manufacturers that will sell direct, and then there's the channel where they use distributors to sell to councils and big corporates and stuff like that. Everybody understand the difference between selling direct and through the channel? Say so yes or no, I'm <laughs> No, okay, so <laughs> let me explain <coughs> what I do now. Is uh, if, if you wanted a uh, 100 Schaefer pens, okay, you can't go direct with your logo on, you can't go ring up Schaefer and say, I want 100 pens because they don't want to deal with you, the end user. They have approved distributors and they say, Right, you need to start to fill, here we'll get your logo has an account with us, we will do the logo, we will do everything, and Phil will send it direct to you. They don't want the mither of end users and (coughs) paying and chasing payment and stuff like that, so they use a distributor to facilitate it. Does that make it a bit more clear? So similarly with a telephone system, if you're Siemens and ABC (coughs) Limited, who have got five people on their staff... They want to buy a £1,200 telephone system. Siemens won't sell it to you direct. They'll say you need to speak to our small business distributor, XYZ Limited, because they deal in your marketplace, and they pay. They 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 do it through the channel. Okay, so that's how you. If 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 the government say to Siemens, we want to buy five billion pounds worth of telecommunications kit, then Siemens Deal Direct. <laughs> but, you know, they have channel partners to help with some of the other stuff. Where am I up to? Just Headhunting. You've got the big thing. You paid for yeah. The paid for the bathroom. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then, regrettably, the two people running the company uh, decided not to Enjoy their marriage anymore? Should we put it that way? And I became embroiled a bit in the middle of that um, because the husband would take me to one side and tell me things, and then the wife would to <laughs> one side, tell me things. I'm like, so I moved to a different headhunting company. Uh, so I went from NatWest, four hundred thousand staff, to this headhunting company of twelve, to a new headhunting company of six. And four of them were in Reading and two of us were in Manchester. (laughs) But I was still doing my headhunting and then the uh, market crashed, the telecoms market crashed, the 3G licenses came out and Vodafone and everybody paid too much to the government for those licenses and the market just went boom. So I was in a business complex, so a bit like this, this would be my office, and then behind that wall is another company, and behind the next wall is another company, so lots of small businesses. So I'm at the coffee machine outside, I get on really well with Joe next door, and I said oh Joe, I'm having a coffee, I said I'm going to get my CV out there, I said no you're not. I said what do you mean? He said no, you're going to come and be my sales manager. What? (laughs) So I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I'll get on really well with you. I run a promotional gifts company. Uh, We're doing well. Uh, I want to be able to get out of the office more. I want you to come and run the office and be my sales manager. What do you think? So I literally went from this room to that room. Seriously, there's just a wall between the two offices. (laughs) Uh, And I started as a sales manager for this promotional gifts company. And uh, five people in. And again, what do I know about promotional gifts? Zero. But then I started to learn. And I got taken to trade shows. And I started to learn about print. And So the promotional gifts market isn't the same as printing on paper. It's not your letterheads, your business cards and stuff like that. It's all about product. It's all about putting a logo on a product. So pens, mugs, badges, clothing, you know, awards, all that sort of stuff where you actually physically put something on a machine and make it. Um, so <coughs> I did that for two and a half years. Uh, and then a really good friend of mine approached me and said, Phil, you're really good at sales. <laughs> all right. He says, I want to set Intersect UK up. me and you uh he was the head of jiffy packaging you know jiffy bags that you put all your things in uh the padded envelopes that you yeah jiffy bags yeah so jiffy manufacture those bags he was the head of europe for the it infrastructure okay so he knew all about mainframe computers and the software that runs on it So, so what i want you to do i want you to go and get me Clients and then I will do consultancy for them and we'll make decent amount of money And you know, I'll, you know it's a leap of faith, but you know uh, I really want to do it. So go home talk to the boss, you know, mrs. Bradbury um talk to the boss And think well, you know, it's it's an opportunity and I've moved before and he's saying that he's got the finance behind him because He's handed in his notice and he's gonna do three months um, notice and he'll get a payoff because he's the head of Europe and we use the payoff to launch the company. And he's very happy to do that. Right, okay. Everything sounds great. So we launch Intersector UK. And in January we get a couple of clients, in February we get a couple of clients, and March he rings me up and says, Hi! so hi says so, um just got a little issue what's the little issue so well jiffy has been taken over by pactiff massive american company and um they've offered me a promotion and i'm staying <coughs> pardon <laughs> yeah all right i mean god what are you doing because <laughs> now there's Phil Bradbury, who doesn't know anything about IT apart from making appointments and sales. Uh, doesn't really want to do headhunting again. Uh, can't do promotional gifts, really, because didn't want to do anything without being a, a year or so out of the industry. Uh, so Mike said, but don't worry, because we've got these initial contracts, which we can see through, and that'll, you just use all that money to pay for yourself but it wasn't a lot of money, Uh, and I put my, you know, I then had Heather and Julia, so I had two young children of four and two, (laughs) and I'm sort of left by myself, and I'm like, what do I do? Uh, I was working from home in the front room, so I'm not going out to an office, I'm not Doing anything. I'm putting the kettle on as many times as I can. The garden looks great because I'm out there as much as I can (laughs) and I'm watching television and I'm trying not to think about not working, which is a self fulfilling prophecy of not earning money because I don't really know what I'm talking about and I can't send anybody to to them to talk about it. So I was really stuck. My boss at the promotional gifts company found out, took me out for lunch. Hi, said Yeah, we want you back, but um want you as a new business account manager. We want you out there all the time selling, 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 and we want you back for six thousand pounds less than what we were paying you before because we know you're in a difficult situation. So, thanks. So, I'm going, this doesn't feel right, doesn't feel right. Um, I'd had a prophecy in 2003 from Toronto because we went over there for the Father Heart Conference and uh, the prophecy said amazing things were going to happen and it was like, this just doesn't feel right. Will I be happy going back, earning less and not actually interacting with people because I'm out on the road all the time and that's not where I want to be? So in October uh, of that year, I started talking to the suppliers and the promotional gifts industry. They said, look, Phil, settle by yourself. You you know it. You've been a production manager. You've been a sales manager. You know us. We'll give you 500 pens for free. We'll give you uh, 100 catalogs for free. We'll set you up and we'll support you. So I went round a couple of suppliers and did factory tours. So I was up to date with the the products and stuff. And um, wrote a letter to my ex-boss saying, from the 1st of January, I'm setting up as a distributor. I know that it is, you know, we're in direct competition. But I'm going to tell you now, I'm not going to touch any of your clients not one. And I wish you all the best for the future. And I'm going to try and build it from scratch. Because at that time, and in a lot of businesses, people leave a business and they copy the database. And the first thing they try and do is pinch the clients and you know, say, oh, well, they were saying that about you in the office. Come and I'll look after you. and all that and i did didn't i didn't feel that the foundations of me running a business should be bare, born on those foundations i wanted to trust my ability and the, the ability god had given me um, so in january somebody approached me and said have you done bni i said what's I? so it's a Business Network International. Meet every week, and you're only allowed one person from each business around the table. And each week you stand up, you have a minute to win it. Hi, I'm Phil Bradbury from Intersect UK. I do exactly what it says on the pen. Anybody that is looking for a logo, or anybody celebrating an anniversary that they want to exhibit, they want to clothe their staff, they want to do stuff get their logo out there professionally Then i'm the man (coughs) and uh it's a thousand pounds a thousand pounds i don't have it's a thousand pounds to it's 600 pounds to join and then uh 40 pound a month for the subs because you get breakfast and i thought right okay so i thought well I'll i'll give it a go Because it isn't like a softly, softly networking where it's nice to see you, let's have a cup of coffee and I never want to do business with you. It's about actually introducing people around the table. So if I go to my client and I do promotional gifts but they need somebody that is an IT consultant or they manufacture blinds or they're a video company or they're a solicitor, I can say, well, I meet these guys every week. Uh, I can see them doing business and I trust them their, their skill sets are X, Y, and Z. Would you mind if I introduce them to you? Because rather than me trying to pick up a phone and ringing a load of companies who don't know me, I'd rather somebody be expecting my call. Oh, you want promotional gifts? need to speak to Phil. Phil does this, this, and this. Will you take a call from him? Oh, yeah. Phil, call this person. They want to, they want to talk about promotional gifts. How great a lead is that? So in my first year with BNI I turned over 50,000 pounds. Um which isn't bad uh, from from nothing. And it started to give me an income. Um <coughs> so since 2005 I've worked for myself. You know when KCC started. That was the vision and then the first house was built in 2005. So it allowed me to do the school run, run my business, go to schools and talk about KCC, go to America and open doors in America for Destiny Africa Choir. It allowed me to drive down to 10 Downing Street and see the kids perform in front of the Prime Minister, talk at the House of Commons. Uh, It allowed me to go to the the Mayfair Hotel last year and talk in front of Jeremy Vine and uh, Piers Morgan and uh, a couple of other famous people and raise money for Destin Africa. So the flexibility of being able to work for myself has allowed me to do stuff. Because if I wanted money, I'd do headhunting because I know how to do it. And I, I actually share an office with a guy from my old headhunting company. And he earns six times more than I do. And he's just one guy. He specializes in a market and he earns hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. Just one guy. Because he knows what he's doing. And I could earn a lot of money. But I like doing what I'm doing. And I like it because I feel called to it. Because I also feel it gave me the balance, a balance in life. It allowed me to be part of my family. It allowed me to be there for when uh, Heather and Julia from the ages of uh, Heather would be seven, so Julia would be five. No, that's not right. Nine and five. So nine and seven. I'll get it right. I am their father, I promise. (laughs) Nine and five. So, you know, for the last 10 years, I've been there all the way through primary school, big school, teenage years all that I've been able to be flexible and Janet has worked very, very hard as well, but she's she only did eighteen hours and it's only in the last two years that she's gone full time because both girls decided to go to university and that costs money. So what I try to do is do things like I do have some precedence. I do say I'm not the cheapest on the market. If you're just wanting a bargain, go on the internet. But you get my expertise You get 13 years' experience of doing printing on things from plasticine to cake mix to uh, shoe polish to uh, bespoke boxes to corporate wear to uh, awards. I go to big trade shows. And um, I'm always on call. Um, So I try and make myself... Uh, different from others, and I try and get people to spend more money to make their logo stand out a bit better, um, and it's that ethos, because if you're the cheapest on the market, you will go out of business, because at the end of the day, your profit is is what you live off, and if you're making meager profit, you then stop caring about the quality of the service that you give, and if something goes wrong, well, I only made 25 quid out of it, so why would I care? Whereas the companies that I deal with, if something goes wrong, I've charged them enough to help sort it out or give them some compensation for it. Because in life, not everything goes according to plan. Not everything is squeaky clean. Just to give you a few examples of stuff I do. So this is for the Shared Services Forum, an event. Uh, do lots of these A5 books. Can now digitally print them. Really nice a digital pen, uh, a conference bag, and these are phone banks, so the batteries, and when you plug them in they light up, so really makes a really good scheme, so we did 300 of these, 500 of these, 300 of these, 500 of those, £9000, thanks very much, Um, you know, so uh, that's the sort of end that I'm looking to do. So that is the display when you went to the exhibition. And I'd done all of that, apart from the paper, because I don't do the paper. So I'd done the mugs, the power banks, the individual awards, the books. are all me. And I make my clients look good. That's my job. I go into a meeting and say, do you just want to do the same as everybody else? How are you going to stand out from the crowd? My job is to make you look good. I think I can do that. So from that event, I got a lead into this company who did that book, digitally printed again. And then he's a director at the one of the biggest companies in the UK that I've got a meeting with this month. They own £600 million worth of property in the UK. They uh, So uh, the whole of Sulfur Keys, anywhere where there's a canal that Peel Holdings build all their... Um, uh, offices and cinemas and stuff, they pay rent to the Canal and Rivers Trust because they own the Canals and Rivers. So they have a massive purse. So they have 800 staff out on the canals. Power bank might be a good idea. Because they keep saying, oh my phone ran out of battery. <laughs> Give every member of staff a power bank. There's your power bank. It can last all day now. No nipping off to the pub. <laughs> we'll do this as a service to you and we'll, we'll, we'll help you. So these are the sort of things that I'm, that I'm talking to. So I don't get involved in the sort of Hen night 10 T-shirts and the thing. It's usually 25 garments or more and things like that. This is a company uh, in wonderful Winslow. Um, so they're doing a totally bespoke hoodie. They've come up with that design. We're doing 650 of them. It takes six months to come. Uh, but uh, So we do all the embroidery patches, the embroidery on them. They wanted a metal zip. They wanted white cuffs, a white thing. And um, that's what I'm dealing with. So those are 16 pounds each. Um, and they take six months to produce. So they'll wait for them. CLB Coopers in Manchester just done a a full rebrand for them. So that was their old logo. This is their new logo. So we've done it on mugs and books, pens, bottles of water, umbrellas, done it on suitcases for them to travel all their, their files around. So this is another type of notebook that's blind embossed for Collider, they're a big IT software company. Robinson's removals, do £25,000 worth of clothing every year for them. I kit out the whole of this UK staff. So they have bobble hats, high-vis vests, they have um, soft-shell jackets, fleeces, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, trousers and shorts. For like four hundred staff, demanding customers. Stockport Grammar School, local grammar private school, do lots of things for them. So do craft bags for them. I do a little Wiro notebook. Do a Rubik's cube. Okay, remember Rubik's cubes? They've skipped a generation. So when the kids go with these Rubik's cubes back to the parents, they go, "Ooh, we'll have that. Play, 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 brings the image across. Uh, I do a thousand Rubik's cubes a year for them. You know, good, good client. <coughs> and then a, a pastime of uh, mine that you may not know about. So I do golf. Uh, I play golf, and so I did the this for the golf day. So we did the banners for the golf course and obviously the golf balls. Uh, another charity I'm involved in is KidScan Cancer Research. So I do all their clothing, frisbees, drawstring rucksacks, books again. And then for the golf day, do a couple of uh, pitch repairers. <laughs> so as well as selling direct to all those people that come to me, marketing agencies and printers, <coughs> And big companies use me to go and source promotional gifts for them. Um, through the BNI, a guy was doing a company's website. I said, oh, I think Phil does something similar to you. Let's have, uh, do you mind if I have a meeting? Yeah, sure. So I go and see this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah we, do, we do everything that you do. Um, but we do it on a big scale. So we have a couple of clients that are quite big. And uh, so we do two million cups a year. Uh, We provide half the cinemas in the UK with all those cups that you get your Coca-Cola in and your Fanta and your Five Guys Burger and all that sort of thing. Oh, right. He says, but do you know what the real pain is? He says, we're doing two million cups and half a million badges and all this sort of thing. And then they want 250 polos and... You know, a hundred of this and a few pens. And he says, Will you take my pain away? Just take it away. He says, I just don't want to be involved in it. I said, Well, I am really not interested in your two million because I can't do your two million, but I'm really, really good at your 250 polos and your hundred nice pens and stuff like that. (laughs) So I have done these. So Coca-Cola Freestyle is a vending machine that you go to and it's got all the different uh, things so they go to the staff, they're on an, uh, a European staff website for staff to order uh, from one book up to however many books they want and uh, they uh, they do very nicely. So they've spent £40,000 with me last year. So. Done these the shirts, bomber jackets, polos, these are Bluetooth speakers, little hard, little cube speakers, we have got four things all the way round. Did all those pin badges, 600 of each, cross pens, really nice cross pens. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.